Hello, New Orleans Saints fans. It is the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Edition number two, 2021 training camp. I am Todd Graffinini, digital media contributor for your New Orleans Saints, joined by my partner, NewOrleansSaints.com. He is the head writer. This is John DeShazer. We are two practices in, J.D., so we wanted to make sure we got this practice in on Friday before we started the podcast. So one practice inside yesterday, which started camp. The second one today, out in the heat. Just your initial thoughts. Yeah, I think um, the thing that jumps out for me initially is the offense is playing well, uh, especially the two quarterbacks, uh, James Winston and Taysom Hill. I think uh, they've completed a lot of passes. You hadn't seen a lot of balls on the ground. That's a good sign for them because generally the last, I would say, three to four years when we've come to training camp, the defense has been ahead of the offense. Uh, you've seen a lot of pass breakups. You've seen interceptions. You've seen strips. Uh, you've seen a lot of good plays from defenders. But so far in this training camp, that has not been the case. Now, we had not seen a lot of one-on-one drills yet either between receivers and DBs. So we're looking forward to those. But right now, I think the offense, especially the passing game, has been pretty crisp. The closest I've seen to an interception was a high pass from Jameis Winston that Chris Hogan went up and got. <laughs> now, if he hadn't gotten it, there was a DB back there for the interception, but Chris Hogan went up and got it. And so other than that, everything's been pretty much on point. We're going to talk about Hogan in just a little bit, but, you know, we've heard all offseason long about how the quarterback play was going to be and how thin the wide receiver core was going to be. And that just kind of leads to the point here. You mentioned there haven't been a lot of balls on the ground. Yes, the quarterbacks have been accurate, but that also says that the wide receivers have not dropped any of them as well. When it's been thrown their way, they've caught them. And that's always a good sign because, you know, again, you want to get your perfection down here in practice and hope it carries over to the game. Uh, you want guys to be able to snag the football and you're playing with a couple of quarterbacks that you're not necessarily accustomed to playing with. Jameis Winston throws a different ball than Drew Brees. Taysom Hill throws a different ball than Drew Brees. So these few guys who did get an opportunity to work with Drew Brees, now they're having to get adapted to those two quarterbacks. So you just want to see where the timing is. The timing looks good right now. Again, it remains to be seen if it carries over through the camp because generally the defense does catch up. But right now the timing looks good, and that's a good sign early. It's a little difficult to kind of evaluate the defense right now, especially with no pads. Uh, they're basically going through installations. Yesterday, when we were inside, it was base defense, which you rarely see in football anymore with a 4-3-4. Today, though, they moved into more nickel packages, which is, for the most part, what you're going to see all year long with C.D. Deuce playing that nickel back. So, um, again, you talked about it. The defense usually is ahead of the offense. I thought we saw some good defense during those run installations early on during practice today. Yeah, they look really good against the run. And the Saints have had one of the NFL's best run defenses the last three, four years in terms of yards allowed and per, uh, and yards per attempt. So you know that that's one of those things they take a lot of pride in. Um, how that will be affected as you go into the season without David on Yamada for that six-game suspension, that's going to be huge for Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach to fill in there because – David Onyemata causes a lot of havoc against the run, and it's difficult to move him. But the Saints do have a really good run defense. So where we'll see the jump, hopefully during training camp, is the pass defense. That's where the jump is going to have to come. Malcolm, uh, excuse me, uh, Marcus Davenport was a very big topic today post-practice. I know you had a one-on-one with him yesterday uh, for the TV show. What's his mindset right now? Because he really drew some high praise, uh, not only – 
from head coach Sean Payton post-practice today, but also Cam Jordan. Well, I think one of the things he mentioned yesterday that stood out to me was he's he's at peace. He kind of understands a little bit more about himself. Um, he he mentioned that he admits that last year he got a little bit down on himself. Uh, he started looking at the stats, wasn't getting the numbers that he thought, and then he just lost track of what kind of a player he can be, what kind of a player he is, and got down on himself a little bit. He seems to have regrouped from that, pulled himself together, and that's more of a mental block than anything. And now he feels like if he's on the field, he can be dominant. And when he's been on the field, he makes an impact. That's his thing. We always talk about the biggest ability being availability. He's got to be available. He's got to be on the field. When he's there, he can wreak havoc. He can be a one-man wrecking crew, especially if Cam Jordan's on the left side drawing his his coverage, his double teams. And if David Onyemata, when he's on the field doing what he does in the middle, then Malcolm, then Marcus Davenport can beat up on some guys on that right side, you know, those being left tackles. So that's what he's got to do. He's got to stay healthy. He seems to be in a really good space mind-wise. So let's see if it carries over, hopefully through training camp and into the regular season. Yeah, pretty good segue with Cam Jordan, who – you could say he got a veteran day today, even though it's the second day of camp, but he's been through the rigors. Uh, we, we don't have any issues with that whatsoever, especially since it was so hot out there this afternoon. But again, he talked about Marcus Davenport. He wasn't worried about what Davenport's going to do. He knows this is his year. What he was a little bit more concerned about was more on the interior with all the losses that the Saints suffered in that uh, department, especially after last season. It's the Shy Tuttles. It's the Malcolm Roaches. Are those guys going to step up? And I thought Malcolm Roach was uh, pretty candid in his post the practice comments today talking about the jump from year one to year two and especially how he was undrafted and how he has something to prove about being drafted with Shai Tuttle who is also undrafted. Yeah they've got some pretty significant cleats to fill. We mentioned David Onyemata. I didn't mention Sheldon Rankins. I didn't mention Malcolm Brown. That was the rotation at defensive tackle last year. Those were your starters. Shai Tuttle did get get in there for some rotation. Uh, he did make a huge interception and stiff arm of Matt Ryan that everybody remembers. And so now, but he now has to make that jump. Malcolm Roach has to make that jump. They've got to show what they have because they're what's left. They're the guys who are going to be in there. They're going to get the snaps. They played some for the Saints. Now you get the increased workload. You get the increased opportunities. And hopefully they can cash in on them. You know, one thing that we really haven't talked about in the first two days of camp, I think is really, really good news. And that's the offensive line. They've really gone unnoticed throughout this entire offseason. But if you look down the line, it's been pretty consistent. And when those five guys are in the lineup, you're seeing a pretty clean pocket. Maybe a couple of breakdowns today, but those really were from the second and third team. The first team offensive line has kept Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston untouched. Well, you said it. You said a mouthful right there. The best thing you can say about the offensive line is nothing. You don't want to have to say a guy's getting beat. You don't want to have to say that there are some weak links there. They seem to be in sync. Uh, the guy, Cesar Ruiz, Cesar Ruiz, who came in as a rookie last year, He's adapting to playing right guard. He got a chance to do it last year, probably the first time in his life he'd done it for a full season. Now he's a lot more acclimated to it. And now if you have Andrews Pete healthy at left guard, which is a huge thing because Andrews Pete has gotten injured these last few years, if he can stay healthy, you know what you have at Eric McCoy at center. You know what Ryan Ramchek is at right tackle. You know what, what um, Teron Armstead is at left tackle. You've got, as a unit, I'd say one of the top three units in the NFL 
So if you can get those guys healthy, all they all they have to do is stay healthy. They're cohesive. And then they've got some decent backups with James Hurst out there and with Will Clapp and guys like that. So they feel pretty good about this offensive line. Yeah, and look, the best, I guess, aid or help, I mean, I'm being basic. I'm not a journalist like you. But the best news for a quarterback is a running game. And if those guys are healthy, and Alvin Kamara, who looks outstanding as, as usual, Latavius Murray's doing – fine work as well. Dwayne Washington's running the ball well in the first couple of practices. But if you got that running game going with that offensive line, that is going to help, you know, Taysom and Jameis big time, especially since they're, again, have taken minimal snaps in this offense. Well, Graf, you've covered a lot of football in your life. Who loves running the football more than offensive linemen? The quarterback. Yeah, if you can get a running game going, the quarterback and the offensive linemen love that. The running backs just do kind of, you know, they'll, the running backs are always like, you know, hey, I just do what I'm told. But the offensive linemen, if you ask them, they'll say, we want to run it, and we want to run it a lot, and we want to mash them, and we want to beat them down, and we want to basically make them cave mentally and physically. So nobody wants to run as much as the offensive linemen. And this is an offensive line that is capable of run blocking at very, very well all right wide receiver look Trey Traquan Smith really stepped up to the podium yesterday and said you know I, I can't sit in the background anymore I gotta be a leader I have got to lead this group but I think we're starting to see also that Marquez Callaway is going to be counted on in this offense when you see the ones out there it is Traquan on one side it is Marquez on the other and it looks like those two are going to be stepping up however what we did see today is Chris Hogan fresh off the lacrosse field, back to the NFL, and there is no substitution for experience. He looks like he's been in this offense for a couple of years, and he's been in it for a week. Yeah, he's vet. So what happens is basically terminology. Once he's got the terminology down, these are routes he's run his whole life. The Saints just call him something different than his other teams. Once he gets the terminology, he'll probably play faster. We'll see how he holds up through training camp because – Hadn't played football in a while, so he's got to get his legs under him. But right now, he looks really good. Marquez Callaway, as an undrafted rookie, I thought was one of the impact rookies on this team last year. Um, he has some tools, and he's going to be a guy who can make some plays for this team. It's amazing the opportunity that's in front of him, but it doesn't seem to be too big for him. It wasn't too big for him last year, so you expect him to make a jump. Traquan Smith We've talked about his downfield blocking over the years. He's a great downfield blocker. But, again, he's another availability guy. Uh, he has played 40 of 48 regular season games. It certainly it seems like it's less than that, I guess. But he's played, and in some of those games, he just hadn't been very visible. And I guess that's the thing that stands out to you is, you know, he hadn't been making plays consistently. But he has made some plays. So the ability is there. Now you got to tap it out and get it consistent. He's a third-round draft pick, so the Saints expect some things out of him, and this is his year to produce it, especially with no Michael Thomas for a good portion of this, the early the early season. Kind of bouncing around a little bit, but it is a podcast, and it is day two here of practice, J.D., but you know, back on the defensive side of the ball, uh, the defensive backs, you know, we saw Patrick Robinson on the other side of Marshawn Lattimore. We'll see Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis talked about their need to bolster that position uh, with another cornerback, especially before opening day against the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, we noticed something yesterday looking at the rookie Paulson Adebo uh, out of Stanford. There ain't no way in the world that kid's 6'1", 191 pounds. Uh, we've seen him at cornerback. We've seen him a little bit at safety. 
And uh, it was funny just talking to Nick Underhill today uh, on the silent of practice. He said, that guy looks like Derrick Henry. I mean, he is that big. Let's hope that the size and the strength and the speed translates to play on the field. Yeah, he looks the part. I don't know if he can play the part, but he looks the part, if nothing else, man. He is huge. Yeah. He is huge, and I just I was not expecting that. Yesterday in the indoor, right. you know, me and you kind of turned to the right and looked at him, and I said, look at Paul. I said, look at the Debo. I said, he's huge. There is no, yeah, if he's 192, I'm 192. <laughs> and I ain't 192, folks. I, trust me, I ain't 192. But, you know, now it's a matter of, you know, he believes he can play outside corner. That position is there to be taken. Now, Patrick Robinson is out there. He's a veteran but Patrick Robinson made his bones really as a slot defender. Now with the Saints, you've got CJGJ in there and you've got Brian Poole, so maybe they don't necessarily need him there, but certainly Patrick Robinson has played better, best in the slot as an NFL defensive back. Paulson Adebo has an opportunity. He's got some catching up to do. He didn't play last year, remember? He opted out, so he's got some catching up to do. How fast can he catch up to the NFL? All right, J.D., we're going to save the best for last. Do we have a punter battle? on our hands I don't know I, I mean Blake Gilligan seemed to be the guy especially after the Saints kept him after last year uh, kept him during last year with Thomas Morstead and then you've got Nick Cooney who seems to be you know he's, he's got some leg he was a little bit inconsistent today but he's got some legs so but I don't think anything's a given here even though uh, even though Gilligan was the guy that we assumed would you know take the mantle from Thomas Morstead there are no givens at a position like punter, unless you've got a Thomas Morstead who's been around for as long as Morstead was and as consistent as he was. Either one of these guys, if he slips a little, the other guy can step in because it's not like the Saints are beholden to either one of them. Neither one of them was the guy who kicked on a, on a, on the, uh, the onside kick in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Neither one of those guys is that guy. Thomas Morstead was that guy. So we'll see how it happens. Uh, I certainly think and believe that Gilligan has the inside the inside leg, has a leg up, so to speak. But we'll see how that goes because, you know, the Saints brought in Cooney for a reason. They didn't just bring him in to be a camp leg. They brought him in for a reason to give him some opportunity. All right, J.D., two practices down. We'll be back outside tomorrow for practice number three, and we will be back for edition number three of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek on Monday, we will be joined by Mike Triplett, so that'll be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mike's always a good guy, friend of the program, brings a lot of insight, a lot of experience to the beat, so it's going to be fun talking to Mike. For John DeShazer, I am Todd Graffinini. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.